TalkCatholicTheWebsite.com, your host, Tim Kilcoyne. No agendas here, just the straight and narrow, through Mary to Jesus, the Catholic faith proclaimed and preserved. Hope to see you here every week. TalkCatholic.com with Tim Kilcoyne. In the dwindling days of summer, but still vacation time, the third week of August represents the very best childhood vacation memories for me. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Don't ever diminish or ignore those family vacations. But soon the bells will be ringing. And what a frightening scenario that might be this particular fall when parents are bringing their children back to school. And oh boy, I think there's going to be some surprises in the curriculum, especially in the public schools. So by all means, I continue to give a shout out to all parents to get to that school committee meeting because everything good and true, everything traditional, is being called into question right now, both in the church and in our society. And it's going to be up to those parents whose flesh and blood have souls for eternity. That's what matters here. Lives are at stake forever. Eternity is a long time. And if someone doesn't stand their ground relative to that squeaky wheel that seems to have power all the time, then traditional morality will be ancient history in a place called America. It will be lights out exactly what the elites want while one firing country that hates us builds a military base right off our shore. While we're arguing over what male and female mean, we've seen all of the dots connecting in this direction for a long time. And again, I'm referencing the church as much as I am the social political realm. I just got a text recently the other night from a friend who was uh, telling me that he sent a couple of videos, internet videos, to his men's group at his local parish that got no response. These were videos that were uh, just laying it down, telling it like it is what some of the insidious facts are in our church that are about to be on full display uh, come October at the Synod on Synodality. And one of the videos uh, has to do by Ralph Martin, a very solid, long-time lay Catholic evangelist, about the title being, It's Unmistakably Clear Where We're Being Led. That's the title of the video. I highly recommend it. It is an excellent historical summary of Pope Francis's pontificate and laying out all the muddy water that has never been clarified amongst Pope Francis's many heretical opinions. They may not constitute church teaching yet, and in fact, they never will in the true church, but he is clearly on the radar what he thinks about a lot of stuff that's not in conformity with catechism teaching. You know, there is a strategy on the part of the revolutionary, whether it be political or church, uh, to confuse language, uh, to try to talk out both sides, right? And to just kind of leave you pondering. Uh, but then, as Ralph Martin clearly said, there is a sense in which 
personnel dictates policy. So even though they won't tell you what they really believe, the people they assign to high up positions, for example, early on in Pope Francis's pontificate, look carefully at what happened to the St. John Paul II Institute on Family Life and Marriage. That institute was virtually wiped out relative to the faculty that John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI had put into place. Orthodox, faithful theologians. Uh, There are indeed revolutionaries in that institute right now that are not in conformity with age-old 2023-year unchanging Catholic truth. It just kind of goes quietly below the radar. The average Catholic faithful are not really tuned into this necessarily, and how could they be? It's certainly not going to be in your local Catholic diocesan newspaper all too often. And then, let's not forget about the more recent appointment to the Dicastery for the Sacred Congregation of the Faith, the most important post practically speaking, next to the Pope for the safeguarding of doctrine and dogma. And this is a fellow, an Archbishop Fernandez, a fellow Argentinian, who's noted for writing a scandalous, erotic piece of literature, according to Ralph Martin, called Healing With Your Mouth. Oh, this is this is real good. Our children are feeling safer by the second. But in any event, Ralph Martin makes a very good point that, and I remember Raymond Arroyo making the same point on a on a World Over show that you know personnel and practice. Raymond would add pretty much sums up what they really believe. Dogma and doctrine. They won't have press conferences to declare that they now approve of same-sex weddings or. In the case of a another excellent video on the internet by Taylor Marshall referencing Father Jesus Mary Missig Beto, I hope I got that name right, or Beto, an African priest from the Ivory Coast whose faculties have been suspended. Here we go again, canceled priests. They stand up for traditional church teaching and look what happens to them. And in fact, that gentleman that I just referred to uh, give me a text that people in his men's group didn't respond to this video by Ralph Martin whatsoever. They don't want to stand up to the civil war that is literally in the church, even though their pastor just got ejected. And now there's confusion about what happened. Well, this particular pastor was in my house only about two months ago, and I was highly impressed as he wore the cassock and simply gave off an aura of holiness and faithfulness. And let's not forget enthusiasm. But that's a little too much for our current deep church. And remember, that is the expression that we must now use, all baptized and confirmed Catholics that care about Holy Mother Church. You must refer to the deep church to be sure that you identify and expose exactly this element that is completely subversive within Holy Mother Church. They are not Catholic, they have not been Catholic since the 1970s, and they are very much in the high-up positions in the chancery and diocesan life. We have got to just lay it out there. They're not new rebels, they've been rebels going back to the earliest days of their undergraduate formation. I've spoken to this time and time again relative to my own formation in theology at a place called Boston College in the 1970s, where my whole undergraduate training was in radical theology. I have all the books. I've got them in my garage as I speak, all right? and not one of them is faithful. These were the books that were assigned to undergraduate theology grads back in the 1970s at BC and at virtually every other Jesuit university throughout the land. And we wonder why we've got a total mess in our church because of these people that are claiming to be 
the new Catholics. You know, you know that I've been doing quite a bit on this synod on synodality upcoming because I firmly believe this is the third schism in church history that's about to take place. In fact, I got even more affirmation of that when I just heard from that video by Father Jesus Mary that Cardinal Robert Sarah wasn't even invited to the Synod on Synodality. Here's one of the absolute greatest cardinals that we have in terms of orthodoxy and understanding of church law and church tradition across the board. He would be, without question, one of the prime candidates for the papacy, if and when we ever get to that time, and uh, he's dismissed. So just like our country, I won't go there. Good people know that there's been a hijacking, and it started a few years ago. And it's the exact same parallel hijacking is in our church. It's in our church. You can make your decision about which Catholic you are, but there will never be two Catholic churches. So it's like Mother Angelica says, know which side you're on because on one side there isn't anything. Go to this internet video by Taylor Marshall speaking of Father Jesus Mary Missigbedo, who is accusing Pope Francis of at least 10 heresies. And that's the name of the internet video, Pope Accused of 10 Heresies. And it goes to the heart of the Pachamamas and pagan idolatry that has taken place on three separate occasions so far, where there's been a salute to pagan gods other than Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't think so. That's not evangelization. And then anybody who does try to lead others to Christ are now called proselytizers. In the early days of Pope Francis's pontificate, he wrote some good stuff about evangelization. Remember he said, make a mess, go into the world and try to bring Christ to the world, sanctify the secular? Okay, that's in the right direction of Vatican II. But all of a sudden, during the turn and twists of his pontificate, no doubt as he got more aligned with the secular globalists. Now, anybody that even uses the word evangelization, oh, that's another time to cancel him, okay? So there's there's been a hijacking over there in Rome, and uh, we better be aware of it because it's going to be on full display. Uh, these positions of Father Jesus Mary are dead serious. They have to do uh, with the Pope approving of hysterectomy in one particular instance where the life of the mother was not in danger. So that's approving of sterilization right there. Of course, the single biggest heretical opinion was uttered in the book of Morris Laetitia relative to the Sixth Commandment and, you know, allowing divorced couples that did not get an annulment to receive our Lord in good standing, quote-unquote. Of course, the, the clear leaning towards the permission of same-sex marriage, they'll start with blessing such unions, and then eventually they'll call it marriage. This is where it all goes, and you've got to be aware that there's a cleverness to the way in which they do things. This whole synod on synodality was an attempt to subvert the magisterium of the church, you know, where we're going to kind of open it up democratic style to a vote on church teaching. And here, Cardinal Robert Sarah doesn't even get, get a ticket, and there's all kinds of characters who are going to be there of a secular morality who are going to vote on such things as women's ordination, contraception, abortion, you know, the biggies, and what male and female constitute. I mean, th this is, this is, I can't believe I'm living in this time talking about this stuff. I just, you know, I knew that when the World War II generation made their departure that we were in big trouble. I used to say that 
that to my mom and dad often. Well, here we are, because what it does basically say is that it's up to the baby boomers to save the day. And unfortunately, they are the rebellious generation. And whether they're going to come home or not is highly suspect. All right, I went into a church just the other day and thought I walked into a nursing home. Well, it happened to be all baby boomers. The oldest amongst them. And then the priest makes a comment like, when are we ever going to get out of the pandemic? I almost jumped out of my seat. Okay, again, the diabolical disorientation is in full swing. The baby boomers who were the ones that rebelled against all of the traditional norms of Holy Mother Church going back to the late 1960s onward, and then their offspring that were not even churched at all. Why would they be? Because they saw their parents exit the church, so it wasn't like they were just grabbing on. So, you know, we are at the mercy of the leaders of our church who happen to be in that baby boom age range, and they've got to repent or get with it, one or the other. Of course, they're not going to they're not going to get with it until they repent. We we need leadership right now. It's virtually non-existent, except by the grace of God on Catholic TV, radio, and internet. But that's not good enough. We've got to get it right there at your local parish. And in this particular case, going back to my friend who's been trying to lead a charge on behalf of his pastor, who is a very good man, a holy priest, he's been ousted. And then probably the number one reason is that he got political from the pulpit. Uh Uh-oh, can't go there. See Father Frank Pavone, priestforlife.org. Okay, as soon as they know that you're willing to call out a political party, that's it. Which only says what, ladies and gentlemen? That they're political first and not spiritual. They shouldn't be Democrat or Republican. They're shepherds of God's flock. And yet, if you speak ill of one particular party, and we know which one that is, somehow you gotta go. That's real democratic. In many good ways, thank the Lord, it's all coming out. They kept it quiet. Below that radar, with a wink and a smile. So long, for so many decades. And now... Their colors are on full display. It's actually a very beautiful thing. So God is working things out the way they're going to be, according to his design. As Father Ripperger would say, rejoice, because all Marian prophecy is coming true and through. Everything is going according to plan. We've been told about the apostasy in the church, and here it is. This is what it looks like, okay? And it's... As, far, as Ralph Martin said, the days ahead, I'm sorry to say, as we head into a new school year, going to be real real tough going in this next year. While that other country building the base is just scheming to put our lights out, literally. As if that's taboo from conversation also, all right? We're, we're arguing about male and female while they're getting ready for attack. I think we better check our watch as we head to another school year and know truly what time it is. They say truth has a ring to it. Well, those are the only bells we need to hear ringing as we move towards the new semester within the church and our country. When we come back, we'll finish up our book review. You shall stand firm with Father William Casey. An apropos subtopic, preserving the faith in an age of apostasy. This is WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. About a good old summer love song by the men of summer for sure, the Beach Boys. Warmth of the Sun.
Okay, the final pages of You Shall Stand Firm, Preserving the Faith in an Age of Apostasy by Father William Casey of the Fathers of Mercy. And I thank Father Casey for basically writing virtually every sermon that you haven't heard in the last 30 years. So if there are some young, great, vibrant priests out there who are truly looking for the lost sermons, they're all in the chapters of this book. In addition to talk Catholic every week, I humbly submit. Father Casey says, It should be plainly evident to all of us that the more the world becomes de-Christianized, the more it becomes a world without hope, a world in despair. This is precisely why escapism is so rampant in our pagan culture. We can find endless ways to escape from reality by giving free reign to all sorts of addictions and endless distractions. Drugs, alcohol, promiscuous sex, pornography, compulsive gambling and shopping, wasting money on vain, useless, and even mindless activities, countless hours wasted through addiction to the internet, social media, gaming, and the like. By long and painful experience, we come to the realization that such things not only fail to bring satisfaction or contentment, but they leave us feeling empty, useless, and lethargic. Only God can fill the deepest longings of the human spirit, and devoid of a life of Christian faith, hope will be difficult to find. Confidence in God is inseparably linked to the virtue of hope. In a world beset by so much calamity, confusion, and apostasy, If we are to stand firm in our faith, we must cling tenaciously to the all-important virtue of hope. Sacred scripture refers to hope as the anchor of the soul. We should be well familiar with this powerful verse from the letter to the Hebrews. Hold fast to the hope that lies before us. This we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and firm. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. For this reason, Christians have always seen the anchor as the symbol of hope. The virtue of hope was so vitally important to the persecuted Christians of the early church that 66 anchors were found carved into the walls of the catacombs. The Apostle Peter wrote that we have been born again to a living hope in Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who in his great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by the power of God are safeguarded through faith to a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the final time. Our hope is a living hope. It is a sure hope. It is not the false, empty, illustrious hope of the likes of the Marxist and pagan ideologies embraced by worldly men and women who live with disregard for eternal truth. Can the reed grass flourish without water? While it is yet green and uncut, it withers quicker than any grass. So is the end of everyone who forgets God, and so shall the hope of the godless perish. Job chapter 8, 11 to 13. Without the gospel of Jesus Christ, this world does not have a single solitary ray of hope. How well we remember the communists in Russia and how they attempted to build an atheistic state, a society without God. How well we remember their empty, delusional promises. They promised their people a worker's paradise, the redistribution of wealth, equality of the masses, endless prosperity, as well as eventual world domination. Of course, it was all a lie. The Soviet Union became a nation in despair. What was it like for millions of common folk living in their cities? There were two, three, and even four families living in the same flat, often with each family allotted one burner on the stove. There was one bathroom for multiple couples. For the average Russian, there was typically little or no hope for economic, professional, or social advancement. All of the power, prestige, and wealth were reserved for the most well-connected party members. It was a hopeless situation. Predictably, the whole rotten system collapsed. My brothers and sisters, let us not fail to stand firm in faith, hope, and charity as we continue to resist the ever-intensifying onslaught against our holy faith and all that is virtuous, good, and true. May we always stand firm in our unfailing trust in God and His infinite mercy. It has been my experience that as time goes on and we get older, we come to understand more with every passing day how much we need the mercy of God. We make so many good resolutions and we do not keep them. We have so many good intentions, yet so little seems to come of them. We tell God and tell ourselves that we are going to do better. We are going to pray more, give more, and love more. Our time seems to fritter away and it doesn't happen. We fall over and over again. God often permits this to keep us in humility. We need the mercy of God and the virtue to persevere in faith and good works. We live in a world of anxiety. Our families are under attack. Marriage and the sanctity of life are under relentless attack. Our country is under attack by every dark force of evil imaginable. The church is under demonic attack, especially from within, by those who propagate error, compromise, and promote doctrinal and moral corruption as the seeds of doubt and confusion are sown among the Catholic faithful everywhere. The enemies of Christ and his church seem to have every earthly means of power and influence on their side, and the people of God appear to be hopelessly outnumbered and routed. This poor fallen human nature of ours, what can we do but trust in God? As I have said time and time again in my preaching over the years, I have read the end of the book, and we win. For if God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, verse 31. Father says, I will close this chapter with the words of St. Padre Pio. Be firm in your resolutions. Stay in the ship in which Christ has placed you. And let the storm and the hurricane come. Long live Jesus. You will not perish. What is there to fear? Let the world turn upside down. Let everything be in darkness, smoke, and noise. God is with us. Amen. I say, Emmanuel, God is with us. 
for those who believe. Father Casey brings up a very important point he's just laid out in every chapter of this book. On the one hand, we have to make sure we're not seeing with the rose-colored glasses, that we see reality for what it is, and Rome is burning, as they said under Nero. And something I just relayed to a priest friend by text just today. Rome is burning, and we can't pretend that it isn't. And for those called to formal ministry, unconscionable is the word. If saying virtually nothing about everything, if one is to look forward to meeting Jesus on that very big day, and unfortunately too many of our leadership are playing those semantic word games that leave you scratching your head, there's not virtually anything that is culturally relevant. There's lots to say about the scriptures of 2,000 years ago and the importance of prayer. But when it comes to the world in which we live, or God forbid, your neighborhood, crickets, that's not going to fly. Then on the flip side, you can't get so downtrodden or lose it in constant anger that you burn out and you're good to no one. So take a deep breath, and do what you can do. And for me, that is create this show (laughs) and uh, just keep creating something good for Jesus and let the chips fall the way God wants them to fall. So that's all we really can do in the midst of the darkness, but uh, we can light a match here and there. God bless this good man, Father Casey, and his order, the Fathers of Mercy, who are one of the safer, more faithful orders out there, I would highly recommend young men aspiring to priesthood to check that order out as they go off and give sermons and retreats and pretty much stay on the road, staying clear of the deep church. On to our next book review. I'll hold you in suspense. We'll see you next week. This is WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. Let your light shine. That is what it's all about here at WQPH Radio 89.3 FM. But we need to hear your story. You want your voice to be his voice. That is making the faith known to others. Please, my number is 877-625-3727. Tim Kilcoyne, TalkCatholic.com. St. Mother Teresa told us your ministry is your work right where you are. Grab on to this microphone. God bless.